Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. The Jericho Network on Westwood One. X-Pac 12360, featuring weekly news, insider commentary, and interviews with superstars, past and present from the world of pro wrestling. A new day is dawning for DX. And now, your host, Sean X-Pac Waltman. Welcome to X-Pac 12360, everyone. I'm your host, Sean X-Pac Waltman. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> Yay. Yeah, and joining us on the couch, as always, we got Jimbo. How you doing, Sean? We got Denise Salcedo, the hey, beautiful hi. Denise. We got the not so beautiful Bill Hanstock. I meant to say not as beautiful as Denise. Okay. How about that? that. Sorry, Bill. <laughs> Bill Hanstock <laughs> from uprocks.com. Which hey, why is it Sundown Motel? Yeah. <laughs> I was wondering that myself. <laughs> And the lovely TK Trinidad. Hey. What's going on, everybody? Everything's good. Just here at Xbox One Two Three Sixty. Yeah. So, yeah. how was y'all's weekend? It was cool. It was yeah. all right. Bar wrestling was really fun. That was on Thursday. Oh, we're just counting. <laughs> yeah. Days they all blurred. That was fun yeah, though. That's true. That was fun. First time I wrestled in a minute, and so. Um, it was it was a good time. I didn't know I, I didn't even know what match I was gonna you know what my match was gonna be when I showed up. Were you happy with the four on four? Yeah, I was. Setup? Yeah, I was. But I told Joey Ryan. I said <laughs> the only way the only way I'll do it is if uh, we team together. And then you know day of the show, uh, I'm like Joey. I said the only reason I'm doing the show is so we team together. Oh, but uh, you take my stuff so good. I'm just being selfish. <laughs> so I said fine. <laughs> So. You teamed with some awesome. people who are almost as good as Joey Ryan, huh? You teamed with some people who are almost as good as Joey Ryan. No, it was fun. I, I'm not complaining at all. But it was just the fact is, is the conditions for me agreeing to do the show were that he and I would team together. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but it was fun, and and I think like I didn't see any of the other matches, but um, but I'm pretty sure they were they were damn oh, it good. It was a right? great show, top yeah. to bottom. Every every match was really good. The crowd was super into yeah, it. Right. A lot of fun. A lot of ladies matches on the yeah, show, right? Yeah, it was right? definitely ladies night at bar yeah. wrestling. Tessa uh, Blanchard was, and Candice LeRae killed it. The eight-man tag was the only men's match on the card, I believe. Really? Yeah, that's wow. right. Yeah, that's they right. Them all in and, one it match. The, and it was the special attraction match because the ladies were the focus. Oh, look good. how high you That's good. That's crazy. Oh, yeah, that's we got right. some pictures. Yeah. Of oh, yeah, a few Chantel little pictures awesome there. Awesome double clothesline. That's right. That beautiful yeah, yeah. drop kick. Yeah, it wasn't bad. pop up drop kick that looked really good. Is that good. hot young Briley taking that? That is. Yeah. Yeah. He was super excited. Hot, hot young Briley and uh, average aged. So, okay, sure. here's what it was. It was. It was. Um, it was Luchasaurus who was Judas Devlin at one time, right? Yeah, I hope I didn't spill the AKA beans on that. Bavora uh, and Lucha Underground. Yeah, and uh, and also JTG. I had JTG who looked excellent out there. Yeah. Good for him, man. Good for him. And uh, and also on, on my team was uh, oh man, I 
Oh, damn. Oh, EC3. EC3, huh, yeah. Against Eli Drake, Brian Cage, Joey Ryan, hot and hot, long, hot Young Briley. Yeah, and uh, I was I was really impressed with uh, Eli Drake. Yeah. Um, I, I yeah. already knew, like, I hadn't seen much of him, you know, uh, like I had Brian Cage and Joey yes. Ryan and... Um, not so much a Ryan Nemeth either. Like I, you know, I like I, I I didn't get a chance to see him when he was around. Like he was in developmental for a yes, while and stuff. FCW, or very FCW? good though. Yeah. yeah, no, I was I was really happy uh, with the match and the people were great. They gave me a really nice. Fans little... were loving you. Yeah, they had the fan with the awesome DX jersey that lets you wear it to the ring. Yeah, that was super cool. And there was something really crazy happened uh, while I was standing in the ring before the match started. I looked down and some guy hold, holds these pictures up. And they were pictures that came from the wall of my apartment that I left everything in in 2004 when I was all messed up on drugs. I have pictures, okay. me and Ziggy Marley, me and Bert, myself and Bert Reynolds, uh, a couple, like, uh, yeah. Did he give them to you? No, he brought it. There was something his father got from a uh, storage unit and gave to him. What? Yeah, I left that stuff in, in that apartment and walked away from it. It's not mine anymore, Jimbo. So I would appreciate some of it back. But uh, it doesn't belong to me anymore. So. But he just wanted to come show you that he had it, and yeah, he didn't like, know how. It, he didn't know what the story was behind it. Did you tell him? I did, yeah. And then I signed the pictures for him and gave them to him. Told him I was happy somebody that loved wrestling got them. That's awesome, man. Yeah, that's super cool. And Lou had a great time. She did. <laughs> and Anissa, Anissa watched her during my match. That was great. She was standing outside with him before my match. I'm like, go inside. Lou's fine in front of crowds. Yeah, so don't. Anyways, I, she almost missed the match. Oh, it was a great show. Yeah, and all the guys I want to thank, and, and I thanked them on Twitter, but I'll thank them again because uh, they took really good care of me out there. And uh, I was thinking, I was like, what the hell am I going to do with Brian Cage out there? I figured <laughs> something out. <laughs> it went out. Yeah, it, it was well. nice. Everything was great. It was yeah, awesome I appreciate match. I appreciate, uh, appreciate you coming and driving me out there, Jimbo. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, Anthony. Time. Anthony from uh, from After Buzz here showed up, oh, so nice. that was kind of cool. Anyways, what else going on around the world of professional wrestling? Ooh, so much. Uh, May Young Classic. I yeah. saw you tweeted a lot about uh, Shayna yeah. on on your Twitter. So, what did you think of the the finale? Of it everything? was nice. It was nice. Um, I was. I think I read. I think it might have even been Anissa that that uh, commented she wished the match was longer, but that was fine. It was fine. Um, you know, Shayna's newer, mm-hmm. and and so like you know, it's really difficult to carry a uh, a long match. You know, when you're when you're just starting out. So uh, I think that was. I think it was still like 15 minute match, wasn't it? Probably a little shorter than a that. A little like 12 to 15. At the 15 minute mark, mm-hmm. and then I think the show itself was probably like around 40 something yeah, like minutes. Yeah, 42 minutes or get something. Get to the full hour. So. Yeah, uh, I thought it like went off the air like right around like. Like thirty one or thirty two, like that was only half an hour long. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't that long. Hmm. Yeah, it just. I felt like you kind of already knew what was going to happen, which you know, some of the cases it is. Like I, I love. I'm a fan of Shayna as well, but I just felt like you already knew what was going to happen in the end. Like you know, she wasn't going to win. I didn't know that at all. Oh, I thought, oh that's yeah. what I predicted. We, yeah, yeah. We, had been, we had been pretty convinced that the finish was going to be Kyrie going for the elbow and landing yeah. in the choke. Oh, that would have been cool. Yeah. 
I, I didn't think she but was. I, I teased it during the match yeah. also. At one point, I thought, like, oh, man, are they going to have Kyrie tap out? Like, what's yeah. going to happen? And I like the story that they played out because, you know, Shayna had beat all her other opponents this way. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, is it going to happen to Kyrie? You, uh, I think this match was a lot better than I expected it was yeah. going to be going into it. The crowd was really behind it. That's right. The girls were, like, you can feel, like, they knew this was their moment. Mm-hmm. And, that, I mean, it, okay, I was. it looked like the, a lot of the crowd had left. Or maybe that one, maybe it wasn't a full house in the first place, but it looked it like there was some... It seemed pretty full, to, like, compared to like how 205 Live really? things usually look after SmackDown goes off the air. I thought it looked pretty full. So it was like a full taping of SmackDown, the Mania yeah, Classic, they... and then 205 Live? Yeah. Wow. All day. together? Yeah. Oh, wow, they oh, did 205 Live after it's that? It's really smart that they flipped May Young Classic and 205 Live, because nobody, nobody would have stuck around for after 205 Live right. or May Young Classic. Yeah. Yeah. I... I I I, some, I somewhat question like why they did it that way, but then I'm like, okay, I can see that. But then even 205 Live had a surprise on it because Brizongo came out and uh, tried to arrest Drew Gulak. That's what I heard. <laughs> How was that? Awesome. Yeah. Brizongo's always great. Yeah. For the fashion police or whatever they're called now. Oh man, they might get canceled. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Speaking of canceled. So Cardi, Car- how do you pronounce Ari- it? Cardi Sane. Yeah. Um, she she was fantastic. She's yeah. amazing. Yeah. I think she's going to be a great addition. I think I, I feel like this tournament, having her win was the right call because I feel it's like now she has like this whole like, I won, I outdid 32 other women, I'm the best, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. And I think that's a really cool thing to have. And like even though as she doesn't speak English, it doesn't matter because she just has so much charisma and mm-hmm. her style is great. Yeah. And I'm excited to see what's going to happen with her. Yeah, me too. I'm actually yeah, I'm a little bit sad, to too, that the Mae Young Classic is over. <laughs> I don't know if anyone else feels that way. Well, hopefully they'll use mm-hmm. all these women yeah. moving forward. Didn't the two of them get a contract? I thought Triple H tweeted that... She, well, well I, Kyrie was signed. Yeah, she's oh, doing okay. it, like, NXT. And That's why her name changed. Everybody yeah. was trying to get uh, Jazzy. Oh, they my gosh. To do the she Cedric needs to, yeah. For Jazzy. And she I think needs Triple to. H was like, last time you guys did this, it cost me a lot of money. Yeah. Well, this is what I was surprised by. They did a Mae Young special that was, like, 20 minutes long oh, yeah, on right YouTube and I... WWE Network mm-hmm. that had the six, uh, six women that had Jazzy in it and yeah. they did the Triple H speech in it and everything. I thought they were going to do what they did with the Cruiserweight Classic finale where they had a full hour and other matches on it. Yeah, And I think that that's, that's what they should have done for this one is like have an attraction match to get mm-hmm. people pumped up for it. But it was sort of like it started, here's a package and then like we're off to the races mm-hmm. which was kind of weird. Um, I mean, the match was great, made up for it. Um, there's all, all the speculation that maybe they were going to award the NXT Women's Championship to the winner of this, and they announced after it went off the air, Triple H told ESPN that Kyrie Sane is going to get an NXT Women's Championship shot, shot against someone. Like, she's going to fight someone to determine who's going to be the new champion. Mm-hmm. So I understand why they did it this way, where they wanted to have winning the Mae Young Classic be the reward for winning the Mae Young Classic. Yeah. So I get that. But it felt, the Cruiserweight Classic finale felt a little bit more important, important just because they just because they unveiled the brand new belt and yeah. but I get it like they, they did I think they did a great job with this. I think it felt important as it was. And also, you know, it might as opposed to debuting a new Cruiserweight belt at the finale for that might cheapen the NXT Women's Championship a little bit to be like, and also you get this. Right. 
Yeah, like parting gift type right. thing. <laughs> Especially after Asuka's <coughs> of like, here, I give this to you now. Right. And it's just like, oh yeah, you get this now. Yeah. Well, she go. was in the audience too, so yeah. yeah. yeah it, was, it, was, it was good. I'm looking forward to like some, because I know some of the women are going to be going over, so I'm looking forward to seeing the dynamic and then when they move into the main roster. Any other ladies are gonna uh, they're gonna sign like Mercedes Martinez? Anyone like I that? I hope so. I, I I would love them to sign them all. I hope they sign almost everyone from yeah. the tournament. Bel Air. Really? Oh, her? she's signed. Oh, yeah. signed. She's, she's signed. She's on NXT. Center. So yeah. anyone who pretty much got their name changed to go into the tournament got yeah. signed, well, and that's well, why they changed well, their name. Bianca Belair has been been with NXT for a while, and yeah. um, I believe, ooh, I can't remember her name. She was... Zeta was a Performance Center student. Yeah. There were a couple other Performance Center students. Zia Lee was the signed. China, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, but Belair was a Performance Center product. She wasn't a wrestler before her really? performance center. Yeah. I, that's why she's so impressive. I really like Piper Nevin, too. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, she is. Awesome. She, I think might, she, she might have gotten signed, but she also, I don't, I don't think she's signed at this point. I would love to see her and Nia Jax together as a oh, team. Oh, that would be awesome. I'd love to see like, Nia and Jazzy. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. That would be good. Yeah, there's so much potential with this. I, yeah. I really like it. Yeah, yeah. I think Viper uh, Nibbish had such a good match with Tony Storm on the Mae Young Classic, and that's one of the persons that I can't wait to see more of is Tony. I think she's. Uh, probably personally my pick out of all the women that shine the brightest. Is she Australian? No, she, uh, New Zealand, I believe. Yeah, but, I think it's English. Right? Yeah, but or, see, or, or no, she's Australian. Yeah, yeah but Australian. I'm pretty. I'm almost 100 percent positive that I ran her over in the UK. Yeah, no, she's the Progress Women's Champion. And yeah, I think that her and Tyler Bate might might be a couple. Like her, totally, like, totally yeah. possible. Yeah, she, but she's yeah. Big, she hasn't been assigned yet, as far as I know. But she's she's a big part of Progress. Oh, okay. Okay, that makes sense. Now I'm thinking to myself when I, I saw her, I'm like, oh yeah, that's her. And then somebody said, oh, Australian girl, New Zealand. I'm like, yeah, I think Tony Storm and Viper <clears throat> Piper Niven might be on the same sort of deal as like the Mustache Mountain guys are, like the UK guys are, where it's like they're not signed, but they're under contract to WWE. They can work other places. They're in a uh, gray area. Yeah, and it's I, almost I, like the Legends contract. I don't think Candice <laughs> is signed, even though she had such a great showing in the. In the tournament, yeah, and they put her in the crowd. Like, look at all these girls! <laughs> and the girls wow, from really? Yeah. yeah, and the girls from Glow showed up too. Yeah. That, that that was, was awesome, awesome to see them there. Yeah, hey, do you see cherry band. Yeah, yeah it was really cool. Hey, any word on why they wouldn't wouldn't assign Candice? Because honestly, I thought she did as as good or better better than just about anyone in the awesome. tournament. It's just there's a, there's like a lot of like a, a third or a quarter of the women in the tournament were performance center products. Yeah. Another quarter were like NXT yeah. slash recent signees. Then another quarter were like just outside talent that signed on to yeah. do the Man Classic. And then there was a gray area of people who like either signed a contract shortly after being announced for the tournament or like during the tournament. But there's also just a lot of people that no yeah. words come out on whether they've signed yet. Yeah, I'm disappointed about hearing hearing about Candace. Well, she yeah. might be signed. It's just yeah. the news hasn't. Come I hope out so yet. because I, you know, people were raving about uh, Shayna Baszler, Mercedes Martinez. I liked her match with uh, Candace better. I agree oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. But I think it might be a, the the Mercedes Shayna match might just be one of those products of like <coughs> they've wrestled each other so much and know each other so well that. The styles clash between Candace and Shayna made for a better. Yeah, that works. Some that happens sometimes because 
when we get used to somebody, a lot of times this, some of the stuff might look a little routine. Yeah, because like Shayna learned how to wrestle basically against Mercedes. Okay, I wasn't aware of that. They're like, they're, they're, it's a definite, definite like mentor protege uh, relationship that okay. they have. All right. And and I mean, Mercedes is just amazing. She like, I want her to get yeah, she's really great. bad, and she should. But the the only problem is that this was a problem even before the Mayan Classic of, uh, and it's going to be a little bit better now that Oscar's gone. But even before the Mae Young Classic, NXT had a problem of, my God, there's so many talented women, and there's not enough room for them all. Yeah, Paul said uh, on, on a conference call that he didn't think it was a good idea to have a, uh, a, an all-women show, but it's okay to have a 205 Live show. Oh, Yeah, I was just going to ask that. Like, is that the next step? Like, a women's only show? Why not? I think oh, it yeah, makes exactly. more sense Why than not? a UK show at this yes. point. Yeah, it does. Definitely. They deserve it. I think there's just like the higher ups probably still have that stigma of like, well, if it's a if it's a one off thing, people might watch it, but no one's going to watch women on a regular basis like on their own merit. Like that's mm. not what I'm curious. Think, yeah, I think curious to know who still thinks that way. Those backwards ass thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Well, what else is going on? Ooh, um, SmackDown. Yeah. Vince McMahon gets headbutt by uh, Kale. Kevin Owens. Yeah. That was awesome. That it was like, like scary and awesome whole, at the same this time. This whole segment was great yeah. from from Vince coming out to, oh, yeah, you want to talk to me that way? Well, I'll have you fired. Yeah. Like, everything in this segment was Well, the so whole good. thing with Kevin Owens from the beginning of the show where he's, you know, threatening to sue and everything and he's saying what he's going to change. It's just like he has this really mix of you hate him, but you're still laughing and you don't quite know. And it was just a, a good thing. But, yeah, the fact that he headbutted, I think Vince is like 72. Yeah, do you see so, how he looks, though? I know, but still. He's a jackhammer. Yeah. Uh, what do you think Vince is saying to him when he, he's like, you have my word, and he puts the mic down and puts his hand out? Is he telling him, you better That's what I said and... a little bit ago. I, as I'm watching that, I'm like, right there, he's telling him, when you headbutt me, you better headbutt the shit out. I can guarantee you it's something along those lines. So same type of thing Shane would say to me when, when I was working with Shane. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, I would tell. I told Shane. I said, <laughs> I said, look, man, all the guys are going to be watching Shane. If I don't lay it in, they're, they're going to. And he's like, oh yeah, lay it in. <laughs> Did he ever complain? Never, Did never, you, man. You nailed one of your yes. spin kicks. Oh okay. yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, and he hit me too. So it's not like it was just one way. So. But the uh, the ending of the of SmackDown was one of those things where it's just it was so, so shocking and so violent. And you don't see that anymore. Yeah. Like, when they tried to do the Brock-Randy Orton thing, that was a little bit much. And, you know, as the main event of a, of a major pay-per-view, like, that that didn't come off like they wanted it to come off, I felt. And a lot of people were turned off by it at SummerSlam last year with Randy Orton. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. But this one was just sort of, so out of nowhere. And Vince bleeding wasn't necessarily intentional. Like, he probably they were probably hoping for something. Uh, visual Gee, there. I don't know. But, I mean, it was an accident. Clear accident. Like, you can't predict. You can't guarantee you're going to bust someone open on a headbutt. You can try your best, mm-hmm. but you can't guarantee it. Yeah. Well, some secrets are still uh, safe, yeah, I Yeah, I, I, I was going to ask, but I didn't know if you were going to tell. <laughs> no, we're not going to be asking you to tell us about the stunt granny today, but... Um, but it was just... It was such a shocking thing, and the way that they treated it where, you know, in years past, Vince would have, you know, just taken a hellacious beating and blood all over the place and, like, gotten back up. But now they're treating it as Vince McMahon is Vince McMahon's age. And you probably shouldn't treat a person that age like that. Yeah. Regardless of how good a shape he's in. Mm-hmm. She had Adam Pierce running out and, like, banging yeah. 
begging Kevin Owens not to hit the frog splash, and then he did it anyway. Like, just good stuff. Yeah. Um, nobody's really shocked or anything, though, right? Like, I mean, this is Vince McMahon. I mean, he's 72, but, I mean, you guys saw a picture of him from a couple years ago, right? Yeah. From the muscle mag? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He still looks like that. For sure. Yeah, so. Well, everyone always says Vince will be the first in line to do anything. That's right. Like, he was the first to come from the ceiling in Shawn Michaels' entrance at WrestleMania. Like, he'll always be the one to take it first, so... To yeah, I'll take a headbutt from Kevin Owens and make this look amazing and show you guys where we're going in the future. Of course, like why yeah. not? It's your company. Yeah, it's true. But still, I don't know. What? I I, I understand it, but still, just you hey, know. old people run their mouth. They need to get beat down too. <laughs> old ass mother. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you should just cut that. <laughs> <laughs> He <laughs> <laughs> said it so serious. I was like, oh man. Okay. Wow. Um, don't give him a hall pass. He's going to get old. Who do we have coming up on the show today? Oh, jeez. I didn't even mention, right? Yeah, we got the hustler Rip Rogers coming up on the show. Yeah. And that's here in a few minutes, actually. Because yeah. I think we're out of news, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, we're going to do... Um, uh, actually, do you want to do like some of the yeah, social media? Yeah, let's do it. Get, get over with. Um, so we have Twitter, Real XPOC. Um, also, IG, XPOC12360. Uh, Facebook, XPOC12360 Show. Um, also, iTunes. Make sure you give five stars. Leave comments on our YouTube page. We wa- we uh, listen. We, sorry, we read it all the time, all that good stuff. And um, yeah, we'll be right back. It's easy for you to say, TK. I oh my god! <laughs> we'll I be right them. back <laughs> with the Hustler Rip Rogers. <laughs> What's up, party people? Roxy Stryer here from the Tomorrow Show with Kevin Undergaro. We're your twice weekly broadcast of one man's midlife crisis and the mad millennials in Star Trek uniforms that follow him. And I'm one of those millennials, Lauren Legrasso here. We've had some amazing guests like Russell Simmons, Ileana Douglas, and Craig Gass. Coolio, right? Christian Blatt in the house to tell you to go to thetomorrowshow.com to check us out. We're live every Monday and Thursday from 10 to midnight Eastern. That's thetomorrowshow.com. Be there, be square, whatever that means. Welcome back to X-Pac 12360, everyone. Joining us right now over the telephone is Hustler Rip Rogers. What's going on, Ripster? Well, I just thought, what a great day it would be. It's the greatest day of my life because I'm on your show, the show of the legendary Lightning Kid. It don't get any better. <laughs> now, now, the legendary, the, Rip Rogers has been calling me the legendary Lightning Kid since 1991, since we were in, uh, That's right. since we were in Global Wrestling Federation in Dallas, Texas together. That's the first time I met you, Rip, but, but Rip, um, before that, like my first time seeing you, uh, being exposed to you was on. Uh, you remember when? Uh, remember when? Uh, D- when Vince bought the uh, the time slot on TBS um, on Saturday night. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. And then like, and then so all of a sudden there was no like nothing like uh, on TBS other than WWF wrestling. Then that went away. Then like in the early mornings they they played. Was it Oli's promotion? Yeah, I saw you there. It was yeah. like you were in like a Hollywood Blondes tag team for a second, right? The convertible Blondes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh, me and we were the second group of Hollywood Blondes before Austin Pillman was. After that, yeah, but you—it was you and like Dale Woods or, mm-hmm. or Ken Timms, one of those guys. 
It was uh, uh, Jerry Ted Oates. Oh, Ted Oates. Gold, That's who it was. Gold, golden Boy Ted Oates from Columbus, Georgia. Yeah. Now, now, so that that show, uh, Rip, was on like in the mornings. How how long did that promotion last up there? That you were when you were there. Well, it was. Uh, let me see. What happened was, only got that time slot. Yeah. And then he was there. So, and then only had Ronald about eight months, and then uh, Crockett bought uh, bought the slot. Right. Because. Uh, and then so when ha- when what happened was they absorbed some of the guys and they went with Crockett and me my butt was basically I was working on top with Tommy Rich when right. he took over so they gave me six weeks of loser league towns main events and then I was on to work for Wahoo in Tampa. I was gonna say see that's where I grew up, Rip. And so it wasn't long after I saw you on that on that TBS show in the mor- Saturday morning that. All of a sudden, you were down there in, uh, at the Sportatorium in Tampa. Not the Dallas Sportatorium, the Tampa Sportatorium. And uh, and uh, I remember you having like uh, a hell of a, uh, a long, fairly long program with Bugsy McGraw, of all people. Yeah, it, it, well, what it was, it, it was really good. And uh, I was down there working for Wahoo, and Wahoo says, uh, I love Wahoo. Yeah. And he was just, he was just, he was just, a, a normal guy, you know what I mean? And he would says, now, now I was, you know how small I was. I probably weighed 210. And he says, uh, you're okay. Now I got these big guys here. Uh, you're not going to be working with, uh, I'll be working. I got Rick Root and Billy Jack. And right. I said, I don't give a shit what you got, Chief. You'll eventually be with me because I'm better than all of them. It don't make any difference. <laughs> you can have as many bench press contests as you want. It don't matter. Excuse me. These people hate me. <laughs> yeah, but see, eventually. So what that... happened was, uh, uh, we discovered Lady Maxine. Yeah. At uh, Rick Poston's gym there. Oh, is Remember that where Rick you Poston? found her? Yeah, Rick Poston. He moved to uh, he moved to uh, Vermont. Actually, we we all the boys oh. ran. He had a gym up in Vermont. We used to go to when we'd be doing TVs up there. But yeah, Rick Poston, wow. all uh, athletes fitness center in Tampa, Florida. All the wrestlers. Came yeah. Out. But I, uh, but I trained there, and then she was in there, so we found her in there, and she'd worked for MUVA. And uh, uh, so, hell, she was about, what, six, legit 6'4". Six, yeah. And then she had the spiked hair, and we, and we put the high heels on her, and she was like, it was almost like she could step over the top rope or something. Yeah. So, and then what happened was, I mean, that, that was just a natural thing. And then all of a sudden, uh, Wahoo got... Bugsy did something, or he was uh, complaining about money. So all of a sudden, we was working with Wahoo. Uh-huh. <laughs> Just, and I said, "Oh, I remember Wahoo. Well, I'm not going to work with you." Okay, all right. <laughs> and, <laughs> and just laughed. Now, but uh, but like Billy Jack and Rude, and those guys left, and you were still there, right? Uh, what happened was, let me see. I, I, uh, this is very non-professional, but I left with no notice oh. because remember when Crockett had the cable. And then we had the local uh, Channel Tampa show. Yeah, called, yeah. And then what happened was they had the big super show in Miami, and they sold out. And I worked with Bugsy. and had the girls in there, right? Right. And every match, there was color except me and his. Right. 
So in other words, they all had steak, so we gave them chicken. Sure. So they loved they loved our match because they saw the SOS every match. Same old so, shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. Now my, my language is pretty good so far. I'm I, you, you, you can dump, you can say shit okay. all you want. <laughs> I'm gonna try and say nothing. <laughs> nothing. 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 But in the, but in the meantime, the next show come up, and I said, "Chief, my booking sheet. I'm not there. Where am I?" He goes, "You're off." I said, "What? Why?" He says, well, "It's not my call." I said, "It's not your call. You're the booker." He said, "It was." He said, "It was somebody else's, if you will." But oh. I can't, I'm not going to. I'm not going to say who was, but anyway, if you know what if you know what I'm coming from, it was somebody else's decision. Yeah. So I said, I said, Chieftain, Chieftain, I said, I'm after here. Yeah. He says, what? He said, I said, I'm leaving. He says, you can't. I said, oh, Chief, right. You walked in six in a row. You told me. He goes, I know it, but please don't leave. He says, I'll pay you for being off and I'll meet you down in uh, Key West the next day. And I said, since I was 31 at the time and I had testosterone in me and stupid, I said, no, poop on this. I said, I'll be gone in two hours. And I drove right back to Lexington. <laughs> Damn. Damn. Rip, you know what, man? You were talking about being a smaller guy. You looked great, man. You looked damn near as good as anybody in the territory. And that's what... That's with Rick Rude and, and Billy Jack being there, like because I remember seeing the pictures of you doing body, like they like they showed pictures of you on TV from bodybuilding contests. I'm like, damn, Rip. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, it it was funny, Sean. It's like I was in the bodybuilding contest when it really wasn't cool to be into that, right. and then everybody else took they took all the gas, and I didn't take any gas. So I knew I was obsessive compulsive, and if I did, yeah. I'd, I'd croak real soon because I'd abuse it. So I didn't do anything because I, I I knew myself. So gas, when when he says gas, that means uh, anabolic steroids or those type of things. That's for the people that don't know what gas means. How are you? Oh able, yeah, okay. How are you able to keep your physique without being on steroids? Especially <laughs> like looking at people like Rick Rude and Billy Jack Haynes, and you're in ridiculous shape when you look at those bodybuilding pictures. Well. Uh, I was obsessive compulsive because I was a fat little kid. So all I all you had to do was really diet and train real hard daily. And I never missed a workout. Like I or I trained three and a half hours a day. I'm 63 years old. Yeah. Wow. Now my joint my joints are shot, and I got these hips in. So I used to do all the like the Malenko squats, the lunges, the free squats, the bicycle, you name it. Yeah. Now if I now if I sit down to go to the uh, number two, I'm not supposed to because of uh, it's 90 degrees. I gotta I gotta push off the toilet seat with my arms <laughs> to get up. <laughs> but it, but it, it's really karma because it's all the evil I did in all my life. So that, it's okay. <laughs> that's how I. You know what, Rip? It's when you say that because that's how I feel about the things that I've gone through. You know, uh, right. You know, mm-hmm. I I just say, look, man, it, it's even Steven for all the effed up things I've done. Or the or the things right. that or the things that I failed to do that I should have done. So right, we. I mean, we're all human. We're all flawed, flawed. And when yeah. I tell people I don't want to meet these real movie stars, I said, and you don't want to meet your real wrestlers 
because you look at them and their character in a certain light. Yeah. And all we are, all we are, is flawed human beings. Yeah. And then when you see that, you sort of get mad, like Santa Claus ain't real. There's no Easter Bunny. Who am, and I. It, and I, and I can't believe in Andy of Mayberry because he's a pervert or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I don't really want to know. <laughs> yeah. Rip, but, you know, talking about uh, talking about like staying in shape, I mean, you were talking about the Malenko squat, the Hindu squats. Uh, right. What they call uh, like one of my first memories of you, of being around you, was uh, at the pool at that, what was that, a Hojo or Motor Motor Lodge or whatever the hell that, that hotel oh, you, was? Oh, you mean, mean, where we had, mean where we had your 18th birthday party? Yeah. You was there? Yeah. And, you was, and, 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 and here's, here's uh, the legendary Lightning Kid. He's so shy. He wouldn't look anybody in the eye. He was always looking down. Yeah. So I would, I would always mess with him in a working way to show you that it's okay. You're accepted. Uh, uh, I see, I see, I was 37 at the time going on 18 because when you get into, uh, wrestling, if you get in at 17, you stay 17. If you, if you're 102, you never grow up. It's as Lanny Popo calls it terminal adolescence. (laughs) Yeah. But, but Ripster, you were in, you were at poolside doing Hindu squats nonstop at the same time you're preaching, uh, you're you're spitting out knowledge and sharing knowledge with myself and whoever the hell else happened to be at the pool at the time, and uh, and you just like that's the thing that's the one thing that stood out to me. Well, one of the things that stood out to me about you was just how free you were with giving away your knowledge. Well, you got to remember, Sean. I, I didn't like you went to one of the greatest uh, instructors. You could, my gosh. Yeah. How lucky you were to be trained by these geniuses, right? Yeah. Wow. No kidding. And man. here I was, Sean. I BS my way into the wrestling business, and I was and I was never trained. Never. So I had to learn everything in the ring, and uh, whereas you could go out and practice 122 sunset flips in a row till you got it, right? I'd be in there. Nashville worked for Nick Goulas, and. Uh, uh, Whipper Billy Watson Jr. Ripper Calls would say, "Okay, we're going to do a sunset flip tonight, and Rip- then we'll do it all week. And then the next week, we'll work on a fly crawl, stuff like that." Did you say and Ripper I, yes, Collins? Sir. Did you say Ripper Collins from from like the Ripper oh, Collins yes, from my, Hawaii? Yes, my boy. Wow, what the hell was he doing in Tennessee? Well, he was he was a. Uh, every Wednesday night after the shows in Nashville, we go down to the drag queens and watch him perform. Right. <laughs> Did he do? Is that what he was doing there? Oh, he would sing "Let Me Entertain You" in yeah. drag, you know. Yeah, he was a pretty big guy to be going in drag, but I could see that. Yeah, I he, see that he, with, he was probably uh, at least two eighty. Yeah. He dressed. He, he helped, but he dressed up and he uh, and his calves looked nice and him high heels. So. Uh, what the heck? Hey, did you did you uh, ever hear the story about uh, about Ripper getting suplexed out of uh, 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 by Carl Gotch, and then uh, they fired Carl, and Carl had to ride the uh, back of the garbage truck uh, for for a while to get enough money to make it home? Did you ever hear that one? Oh no no no! Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, we're, wow. we were talking about the you know the ghoulist, uh that that those days. I thought for for some reason that you got your start working with Poffos. Well, I did. Well, uh, well, what it is, well, I was working in Indianapolis, and I had my and this guy Steve Cooper lived in West Virginia, 
and he went home to Seth, and he was on that W-O-A-Y, Oak Hill, right outside of Beckley. They used to have a bowling alley. Uh, they used to have a live wrestling show yeah. or, on Saturday nights. And that's where I met Angel Ansevita. Uh, oh, the Cuban there. assassin. Yes. Yeah, uh-huh. the, the, the Calgary version of Cuban assassin. Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. That's right. Uh-huh. So over the years, I was with Cuban there uh, in Calgary for the Maritimes a couple times and in, in Puerto Rico. So uh, we've been around a lot together. So And he was, blah, 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 blah. he didn't speak no English, but, right. you know, barely. So, uh, but that was but that was funny because he, he was Puerto Rican living in uh, Oak Hill, West Virginia. He was Puerto Rican playing a Cuban? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, you know, that's like uh, when I was in Missy, Mississippi, uh, uh, Oki Shakina was a Mexican playing a Japanese sure. guy. Yeah, we had Mark Mar- we had Mark Merrill playing like he was a black guy, just yeah. like a P- uh, PM News, right? Yeah, and how how so, about how about uh, what was it, Junji Junji uh, Harada or one of those Japanese guys? There were so many Japanese guys up in Calgary that they call, they they said he was like Chief Two Feathers or Chief like they called him a, an Indian. He would say me from oh yeah, because oh, yeah, Stu had Stu had had the working agreement. With the with the one Japanese office, and yeah. it was a uh, uh, New Japan. Yeah. So news was there, and uh, uh, all the young boys, like Big Head Hashimoto, he was there when I was there. Yeah. Uh, a whole bunch of them uh, was there, so I took Hashimoto to the girly club. So uh, I got him did. doing some stuff that wasn't that was <laughs> would be frowned upon by the Japanese wrestling office. But anyway, <laughs> we did it anyway. So so what the heck. I had big, I had big head having some fun. So, but anyways, go ahead, you guys. Oh, Rips, so I want to know you wrestled in so many different territories. What would you say was your favorite? I really, didn't, I really didn't have any. But, but, but Calgary was the good thing about Calgary was they had the. I got to stay at the hotel right downtown, five minutes from uh, BJ's gym there. Who was married to one of Stu's older daughters? That's and that was that's, yeah. the, that's the father, the father of Teddy Hart. So I, I, I would say the, the old beat up uh, St. Regis downtown. I think they had the uh, one bathroom a floor or something like that. Yeah, and uh, the pimps and prostitutes—they'd be all hanging around there, and I would jump on the train and go down to BJ, and then Jerry Morrill would pick me up every day. So he'd be driving the heel van, so we had all the heels. And they hated me at first because I, uh, when an American took in, they would fire a Canadian guy, right? Yeah. So I said, oh, man, I got to I gotta do some serious talking. But within two weeks, I was the leader of the heels. So <laughs> I, was lead, I was leading the charge to the exotic entertainers' palaces at night, et cetera, being out all night and... Uh, if if I was out with Jerry Moore and Johnny Smith, they always had to keep me from getting too wild so they could stay out all night. <laughs> Champagne Jerry Morrow and and, and Cuban oh. Assassin they were a tag team. They, they were a hell of a tag team actually. Oh, they were great. Ta- they were a great tag team. And I told Jerry, I said, Jerry, you speak six languages and all of them but English. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and you were mentioning Johnny Smith. That was uh, the cu- that was uh, Davy's cousin, Davy Boy Smith's cousin. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Uh-huh. Were they real? Were they real cousins? Were they real cousins or just wrestling cousins? Rip. I 
I thought they were real cousins, but who knows? Right. You know, you can't. What can What can you believe in wrestling, right? Right. Yeah. When I first got <laughs> When I first got in, Malenko said, "Believe only half of nothing. Believe nothing you hear, and only half of what you see." That was the yeah. That was, uh-huh. the initial thing, that was yeah. a motto back then. Yeah, and it probably still should be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Really. Uh, so. Oh, sorry, go ahead, right. D. Oh, okay. Go for it. <laughs> so with with the territories back then, and now you see a lot of independent promotions popping up all over, you think we're in a swing where we're going back to that mentality of territories in wrestling? With, like, everything oh, going no. on in the U.K.? Oh, no. It, no, no. Indies are a joke. Get real. Indies are a joke. Like, no indie? There's not an indie out there that you think is doing well? Well... We got different perceptions of doing well. You know what I mean? It's like when we ran ICW and we were the outlaw territories, and Sean, Sean vouched for that. Yeah. At one time, we had 13 TV markets. And on, I remember on two Saturday nights, we actually ran three towns. A lot of times we would run a double shot on Saturday, double shot on Sunday, and a double shot on Friday night. But on two Saturdays, we actually ran three towns. So that, that, that was unbelievable. We had all this great talent, but the, uh, the, the incumbents, the Jerry Jarrett, the Nick Goulas, the Jim Barnett, the, uh, uh, the Dick the Bruisers, the Bob Geigles, all the guys, the Ron Fullers, all the guys we were in competition with, they all had the great TVs and the great TV time slots. If you got the strong TV and the strong uh, time slot, you're going to be fighting uh, your second best doesn't matter what your talent is because we work we hit each other hard we worked hard we trained hard we were just really stupid as far as we were just the boys uh wanting another we just wanted uh we just wanted to have some fun and wrestle what can you say yeah. wrestling's the greatest the greatest thing i call it the greatest worst sport in the world no kidding right it, it, it's so much fun but you have so many highs and so many lows and i've seen guys drink themselves to death, kill themselves to death, blow their brains out over feeling disappointed over this business, losing their friends, losing their family. And I just say poop on everybody. Uh, this is what I love, and this is the way I'm going to go down. And I said, I'd rather, I, I said, I'd rather uh, barely make it and be working every day of my life and making these trips with these guys and telling stories and ribbing the rookies and yeah. Picking the old guy's brains, and I mean, what? I mean, every day was was uh, was a holiday. So you so, did you did you didn't work. You woke up. You went. You, you trained. You ate right. And then the good part was getting in there and making those trips with the guys. Where I just wanted to shut up, and I wanted to be the young one there, so I can listen to all these stories, all these tales, all these shenanigans that all these guys told me. And I and I was just I was just like a little kid in the, stand, the candy yeah, store, man. soaking all soaking all this up. I'm thinking I'm the luckiest man in the world. I'm riding with Boris Malenko, Ronnie Garvin, yeah. Bob Root, Angelo Papo, Randy Savage, Thunderbolt Patterson coming in, Ernie Ladd coming in. My gosh, I'm just and and, and here I was in Seymour High School saying I want to be a wrestler. I don't know how I'm going to get there because I didn't know about any wrestling school. But someday I'm going to be there, and I said, "Wow, this is unbelievable!" And you had the will to do it, Rip, and and, it, and nothing stopped you. The fact that the, you didn't know, like there was no resources, like everyone has, they obviously didn't stop you, Rip. 
Rip, um, the guys that worked for for Bobo and I had Lanny on the show not not that long ago. It's well, episode it's actually 10. yeah, episode ten. I had him on, uh, so it has been a while now. But um, you know, did you have problems? Did were you did you feel like blackballed uh, from other promotions because you worked for uh, Papo's ICW? Well, you, you know how there wasn't no internet. Right. There wasn't hardly any, there wasn't even cable TV when we started stuff, right? Right. So the, the only thing I knew about other territories is what I'd see in the magazine. Or somebody knew somebody that was working with the other, you know, some other territory or whatever. And I, I had no idea of, uh, you know, working for sure. All these places were just... Uh, stuff in magazines for me where I get to see Harley Race at this right. place, uh, Dutch Savage at this place, Bill Masters in L.A., uh, uh, Pat Patterson in uh, uh, San Francisco, then you had British Territory, Amarillo Territory, Houston on its own, uh, then they had uh, uh, McGurk, uh, Ganya, Geigel, uh, Eddie Graham, Fuller, uh, Old Vince, uh, Charlotte, Sheik, Bruiser, uh, Stu Hart, Vancouver, Montreal, uh, uh, Emile Dupre up in the Maritimes, and, and the list goes on and on. Wow. Well, speaking of Angela Poffo and Randy Savage, what would you say you learned from them the most? I pretty much learned everything about the business from them. And uh, me, and Ra- me and Randy pretty much lived together a long time, and I was so fortunate because I was just stupid. and But I was in this guy named Don Pruitt, who was a nice old promoter con man. He got me booked down in Nashville on Christmas night. I think it was 76. And I got to be Lanny's tag team partner. And I was just so horrible, but I was young. And I looked pretty good for uh, some, some goof with my Carlin Hildegard boots. My shimmer cape, my uh, uh, 5-0 trunks. And just a total, just a total goof. Well, going back but, to being uh, roommates with Brandy Savage, what did, uh, what was he like? You know, outside the ring, I guess you can say. <laughs> hey, he's, he's the same. The same, <laughs> right, Rip? <laughs> That's what I hey. tell people. They can't believe it. Hey. I'm like, how it wouldn't hey. have worked if it wasn't I, the same. That's funny. I saw Randy break character about thirty seconds of his life. We, he had this little dog, and it died from what is it, parvo or something? Oh. He was a little puppy, and he and a tear come down, and he was Randy for like thirty seconds. Yeah. And then the dog died, and then he bought a new dog, backup dog, but he had home plate, and he had it tacked on his in uh, in his bedroom. And it had his like his collar and leash on it and everything like that. But then uh, he got back up and, and and that was it. But that was the only time I ever seen him out of character. Yeah, that's what would do it for me. Have you spoken to Lanny Poffo recently? Uh, not since not since Randy died. Huh. I don't know if you talked to him after Judy passed away. Um, well, oh, Judy! Oh man, Judy used to do my hair. Whenever uh, uh, she held the company together, you know, she was the secretary. And she'd cook stuff. And, of course, there was always a place for me to eat. Uh, If my stuff needed sewing up, well, hey, Randy, give me a second-hand robe, second-hand boots, 
as I called it, the second yeah. hand go to hell. Yeah, the second hand go Rip, to hell headband. Rip, when you met me, <laughs> when you met me, and I was wrestling in Dallas, I was wearing Randy's boots. Yeah, yeah. So, uh huh. So not only so was I, well, not only was it awesome that he would give you his boots, but you didn't know where to get wrestling boots. You were wearing just like general wrestling shoes you could afford. Right. Right. I, I, no, no. Randy told me how to put the parachute cord in and and burn the ends on your uh, on your uh, boots. You get, we all got them from Bill Ash's Bill dad Ash, yep. at D Bar A Boot Shop in Paris, Arkansas. Then all the boys got all their stuff from uh, Carlin Hildegard in Johnstown, Ohio. Yep. And I think, for, and then uh, then I had the the guy down in Houston that had the Mexican boots, I think, and everything. Oh yeah, well, he, but Flair I, got his boots made there, and some other guys, and I can't remember his name, but yeah, he didn't make Clifford or something like that. I, I can't remember yeah. because I, I'm a guy, and I could eat the same food every day for years and wear the same clothes. So uh, once I was a Bill Ash boot man, I was a Bill Ash dad boot man. Right. The same with with, with, with K and H, you know. Oh. Hey, wow! Hey, they were just, just thinking about the story, just starting out and stuff, you know. Hey, Ripster, uh, you uh, you went to all Japan and worked for Baba for for a bit, didn't you? How many tours did you do over there? No, I, I did. I went two over there for him, and then I went one over for uh, Victor Quinones and uh, Wing. Uh, yeah, Wing. Which I really didn't want to go, but I wanted to work Mexico. For about three months just to learn lucha right because I, I was in you got to remember it's like uh before cable tv it's like when i went down to tampa for uh spring break when i was in college and i saw all these great wrestling right i said man you don't see these guys i got dick the bruiser wrestling you know dick the bruiser and a bunch of local guys and maybe a fly-in ernie ladd ivan koloff a handsome jimmy or whatever and pretty much guys that would drive in for four or five hours you know, now all of a sudden I see these great wrestlers out of Tampa and stuff, and then uh, I, it was just another world. But uh, Tampa used to have—I always thought it was like the greatest territory because there was all these cities with a lot of population, and they had the two different television shows there, and you see all the top talents coming out of there. And then Eddie Graham was—he—he he was the legend there. And I, when I do my background, I would see all these great workers and wrestlers. They all come out of Tampa, where they're either from Malenko's or they were from uh, the Sportatorium there. Yeah, if and you were the guys to come out of Malenko's, they would, they were. I think they were told to take favor because it would get them heat with the NWA. Exactly. But, that's exactly uh, right. Barry, Barry Hart, Barry Horowitz would always ride with me, and he'd always take baby on everything. Yeah. I said, Barry, I don't care. Just, I, I'm just asking because you're. You're really good. Your fundamentals and stuff, your footwork and everything. And then he thought I was trying to dig on him and find out something to get him fired. So, oh uh, yeah, that sounds like Barry. I, I saw a lot, a lot of paranoia. But yes. then again, I've been with Randy, so I, I, I know what paranoia is. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, Rip. Tell me, tell me this. I heard this story one time. I believe it was Scott Hall told me that uh, Barry Wyndham was dropping a deuce one time, and he dropped his keys. <laughs> in the toilet and uh, he was like he offered a bunch of every dollar he had in his pocket to somebody to pick him out and you just went in there and you well, just said hey I got him well, right here <laughs> no it, this, everybody makes a big deal about this and it's right. in mankind's book and I always tell the story 
we're we're there at TBS in Atlanta, and I'm uh, I'm taking the Scheiser on there, and all of a sudden Barry comes up, and I hear her cussing and stuff, right? And and he's screaming. I said, Barry, what's the matter? He goes, I I dropped my keys in the toilet, and he and he put out a a, a healthy a healthy number two. There was, you know, it was it was it wasn't that bad, you know. Right. And then it, it was my own stuff. I I stick my hand in there. Who cares? You just but anyway, at the time I lived on a farm and I had like twelve dogs or whatever, and they they were in the house and they had free reign because they were all abused. So they'd get mad at me sometimes. They'd poop on the floor, so I'd just go and pick the toilet, pick their uh, pick their stables up and put it in the toilet and flush it. So Barry, <laughs> by the time within thirty seconds, as Barry went screaming to get a new pair of keys, I walk. I just uh, uh, I had to walk slowly because I had my pants down to my ankles he was installed next door <laughs> so i <laughs> so i reached over and, and i looked at the, the turdage in there and there was no corn it wasn't runny or anchovy so it wasn't that bad i could tell what he ate but i just reached in there and pulled it out took the keys out uh i went over and washed my hands and washed them all off and barry says oh my god uh, i said well your keys i got them i said what's it worth he goes i'll give you all my money it was 51 dollars he had his pocket that's worth it right. that's worth it that's worth it, yeah. Rip. I, I, that's not that big of a deal. Yeah. The way it was told to me, it was like, oh, my God, I can't believe he did it. Big whoopee do. Yeah. Jeez. I, I thought I never, we were going to hear a I good never, story. I never, <laughs> I, never thought it was, I never thought it was a big deal. I just knew if, if you dropped your keys in there, okay, well, you're afraid to get them, but I'm not. Yeah. You know, boom, here. Ripper. I mean, I, I mean, still today, if, you drop, if I drop food, and I can pick it up, and I can lean with my hips. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick it up off the floor. I ain't gonna throw it away. I want to eat it. That's not the only place you'll pick food up off of. Rip, you picked it up off my plate on my 18th birthday party when oh I went my. to the bathroom. I come back <laughs> and my, I come back and my chicken breast is gone. I thought Mike Shaw ate it. Now, now, did I eat them or I just rib it, or did I just rib them and hide them? Well, if you hit it, then you might as well have ate it because <laughs> I did. Okay, because this one guy. He was at McDonald's. He got them two uh, two quarter pounders, and he had to go to the bathroom. He come back, so I took both the patties out of there. Right, nice. So he ate two sandwiches, and we're talking. <laughs> so he had lettuce, tomato, mayonnaise, special sauce, no cheese, and no meat. Right. Yeah. And he just ate them. I said, "How are those quarter pounders?" He goes, "Well, they were. They didn't seem like there was much to them." So I just shook my head. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> and that was it. But he did, and I never told him, and didn't know, and whatever. Nice. Uh, Rip, Rip uh, everyone has, has known over the past few months that you've got a, a specific stance on a lot of independent wrestling, a lot of modern wrestling with a focus on athleticism and dives and, in your opinion, a lack of psychology and, and, and that sort of thing. But I want to know, on the positive side, what do you think are the positive developments of modern-day wrestling? What are the, the good aspects of it? Well, the guys are uh, so much – they're so athletic – uh, and anything that the guys do today, it's not their fault. I they agree. weren't didn't have the advantage that we had uh, uh, of getting in the ring with forty year olds training twenty some year olds Amen. night after night after night after night and learning. And it wasn't that they liked me; it was they were trying to keep me from hurting them because I was so rotten. <laughs> so. <laughs> But you, but you learned and you listened. And when all these guys, I found out, they're pretty much telling me the same thing, maybe in a different accent, a different language, uh, 
uh, European style, the way they're talking, like a, a sleek vault height, you know, instead of an international or, or whatever, and a, a sunset flips, a double leg crucifix, and stuff like that. Right. But uh, uh, we all, as a kid growing up, and I'm going back generations, but like I either wanted to be Jimmy Brown in football or Oscar Robertson in basketball, Mickey Mantle in baseball, uh, stuff like that. So they're just copying their heroes that they see on TV. And when WWE, they're the leaders of the industry, so they determine everything. If Vince says, okay, I don't want any dives, there'll basically be no dives. But he says, I want guys that look good, so... Uh, he's the boss. He's paying everybody, so he can hire whoever he wants to. So I'm going to do whatever I can do. And if uh, they're doing this kind of three-pointer and slam dunk in the NBA by LeBron, Michael Jordan, or whatever, then I'm going to do the same thing the stars are. Right. So, but then you want to be different, too. But no, all I harp upon is you've only got so many bumps on your bump card. Amen. And you'll do stuff when you're young because you don't, but you're going to feel it later on. And I'd see all the guys, and I worked with Randy Orton's grandpa, and we didn't leave our feet. And of course, I was, I was a mark. I wanted to get in my drop kicks and my flying head scissors and everything else. I'm like a little kid with my lip out pouting like a goof. Yeah. Because I didn't get a, I didn't get get, get my, my my stuff in right. You got on and me. And, yeah, you. I remember you getting on me in a tag match we were in together, and you're oh, he's got to get his shit in. I see. <laughs> <laughs> that was years and years ago. Anyways, continue. Yeah. I'm sorry. And you would and you would have got every if you could, you would have worked every night, got every move you've right. ever seen in because yep. you love it. You're on adrenaline, yep. but you're drastically you're reducing your number of at bats in the major league by taking all those bumps because yep. each one's taken off our bump card. And as you get older, you're all of a sudden you'll be flying to the floor at the end. I would climb to the top to have the ref catch me and I ain't going or I'd show it on TV, but I wasn't going to be yeah. doing a no house show. <laughs> Wait, Ripper, you know, not everyone in wrestling uh, was as, um, as generous with their knowledge as, as you are. Rip it used to be, like if you if you weren't working with the guy, he wasn't sharing his knowledge with you, and so like I think there was a there was a a, a gap there where like all of a sudden a lot of us didn't have uh, you know, I, fortunately I was I was able to sit under a lot of great learning trees, but so many of so many of the guys from the from the that next generation didn't have that. Well, you got you got to remember, Sean. I'm socially. I'm really socially inept, and I, but I was a big jock in high school and college. But I couldn't, I wouldn't approach anybody, but people would come to me and they could sort of draw to me and I could get along with anybody. Yeah. But if, if it wasn't for playing sports, I would be a social recluse. And when we got in the wrestling business, you got to remember, I wasn't trained of what, what the proper do's and don'ts were. Right. So I didn't do the wrestler's handshake. And when I would go into a steering locker, I was, I'm thinking, I'm just a stupid guy from Indiana that don't know anybody, don't know anything about this. And these are all these guys I saw on TV and in the magazines. None of them want to talk to me. I'm just a, I'm just a retard. 
and I was this, and that's the way I was. And it, it was never arrogant. And when I would train, it was, I hope nobody laughs at me because I'm so fat since I was a fat kid. I mm. could be, no matter what, I could be shredded to the bone in contest shape. And I saw myself as the fat kid in the seventh grade with the love handles out when we had to play skins and shirts at St. Ambrose School. Yeah. So the, 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 it's not what you always think of anybody. And then uh, I don't want to get into psychology. It was only my minor in college. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, at OVW, you've had a lot of students. One of them is Matt Capitelli. He has a current situation with his brain cancer going on, and you have a benefit show to help raise funds and awareness towards this. It's uh, September 23rd at the Davis Arena. Can you tell us about that and just your relationship with Matt and why this is so important to you? Well, Matt, I had him down there at OBW when we were developmental, and Matt was just such a rib because I just said we were like the yin and the yang because I was the evil guy, and he was a guy that he said loved Jesus no matter what you did to him. He would never cuss. He was the nicest guy. I would push every button just to mess with him, and he'd just laugh and would never get upset. Then he had this thing with the... uh, the brain tumor, et cetera, the brain surgery about 10 years ago. And then all of a sudden he had to go back in for checkup and uh, he had to go through it again. So he's still going to class, but he's teaching the beginner's class. But I make sure that I'm there and I got two of my guys or three guys so he don't have to really do anything. And he's there. But I think there's some kind of fund set up for him. Yeah, there's a GoFundMe. Yeah, the GoFundMe. And uh, the, the stuff on, on my phone, I've never done a computer in my life. I'll do stuff on my phone. But anything I do, it's an accident. Yeah. And you can ask Sean, I might text out there, here's my number, call me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know and, and, and I don't care. That's the way I am. And, and I'm 63, and I'm not changing. Right. Uh, that's it, it, I'm, it's too late. So anyway, Matt's thing is the GoFundMe out there, and I was trying to click this link or whatever, blah blah blah. Then they asked for a pass, something, and I can't get all that stuff. So Sean said, Sean said he could, he could get it some way, yeah. And you and and you guys could do it because I'm uh, I'm tech, technologically challenged or whatever. But yep. Matt is just he's just so nice that all of his insurance has been used up. So, and he's going to be in this pickle uh, uh, for uh, as long as you can see, and that, and, that, sure. and that's just and that's just the way it is. Yeah, it, it, we it, have it, to go fund. Me. We have to Ripper. We have to go fund me uh, information, don't we, guys in the booth? Yeah, it's, it should. Yeah, we'll definitely. Yeah, it's definitely up there. Yeah, we have up. we have it on the on the screen right now, and uh, uh, who is somebody going to tell me what? Well, it's the GoFundMe. You can use the hashtag yeah. Team Cap, C-A-P-P, and you just go there and help donate your money to Matt to help pay his medical bills. I think it was like a five grand is what they're trying to raise or something like that. I believe they're halfway there. Oh, it looks like 500K. 500K. And a little more than that. The GoFundMe page is GoFundMe.com slash Matt's Biggest Battle. That's GoFundMe.com slash Matt's Biggest Battle. So he's doing okay. Like. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Phil. Appreciate it. Um, 
So Ripper, he's actually going to going to camp and 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 helping train still, huh? That's great. Yeah, he's got to wear uh, like some kind of battery pack on his head. Oh he's got yeah, do rag, and he's got and I'm going, what's that? Yeah, I'm going, what's that noise? He, I, I thought it was like it's your old that lost his face going. Boop, 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 yeah, boop. it was his battery pack was getting low. He says, no, my batteries are low. I said, what are you talking about? And he, and he showed me. I said, oh man. He says, yeah, this they only lasts like three hours or something. And after class, you got to go home and get the other ones uh, recharged, new ones or something like that. Yeah, Maria, Manu- so he's- Maria Menounos' uh, uh, mother, uh, Lisa, she has that same type of brain cancer. And she has one of those things that goes on the head. It looks like it's got these electrodes that fit on your head. Yes. A big battery. Uh-huh. Yeah, that helps, it helps stop the cancer from growing and actually can help uh, kill the cells, I think. Wow. Yeah. Wow, he has that, huh? That's something else. Wow. So. so even though that his cancer obviously wasn't something given to him by wrestling, is WWE still helping him in his medical procedures with this? Well, I don't know. Um, he, I know he was for a while, the first time, he was getting a check for a long time. So anything he got was gravy. Right. Now, I'm, uh, now I talk... Uh, to somebody that I'm real close to there, and I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to uh, uh, I'm gonna try to talk to somebody uh, uh, Brian James Road Dog. Oh yeah, Road Dog, of I'm, course. I'm gonna speak with him about Matt's situation, and maybe they can do a little thing on the SmackDown. Uh, well, you know, uh, as a, a feel-good story or something. I, I, I don't know. I'm just going to throw it at them and then see if they could, you know, make it into a five-minute segment of uh, this is what's happening, some good can come out of this, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I, I don't know. So I'm, I'm going to call him uh, tomorrow because they had the SmackDown uh, last night. Uh, and see see where it goes from there. Maybe I can get something out of that. I don't know. Uh, it's it's off the wall, but a lot of things in the, in the world are, are off the wall. Yeah. So, yeah, but I know for a long time Matt got a he got a check from him. Uh, and anyway, okay. So Ripper, uh, who who else going to be on the benefit show? I don't really know, Sean, because uh, I know a lot of guys are asking me. Right. And I and I have to be in my niece. I got my niece is getting married. My mother's, and I don't like doing weddings at all. I should say that, and I shouldn't say that I don't want to be there, but I have I have to be there. Right. <laughs> so I, so I, I because it's two hours north of Indianapolis where I live, so I gotta I gotta be to that. But I know a lot of guys are asking me, but I think it's being handled internally by uh, Gilbert Corsi. And, uh, and that Adam Revolver, but I know a lot of guys are going to it. I think it's going to be the biggest OVW event we've uh, we've ever had since WWE left. I'm pretty sure. So, I'm pretty I, sure I saw that Jim Cornette will be there. Yeah. Uh huh. So that's yeah. Cool. He, he's going to be there doing uh, donating stuff, autograph stuff, with all every penny being taken in going in. Uh, yeah. Uh, toward, towards Matt's bills and everything. I see. I don't really know. I don't really know Matt. I've, I've met him in, in that, but it doesn't matter whether I know him or not. He's still, right. He's still one of us, and, and we all need to do what we can to help him. He's one of the boys, right. and uh, we need to do anything that we can. If we got five bucks, 
If we got a dollar, that's man. Like, you know, yeah, that's get, like it, in my class, every week they have to pay an extra dollar to me so I can give it to Matt each day as, uh, as we have nice. class Saturday and Sunday, and they, and they pay your dues or whatever. And did you bring your, your dollar for Matt? Uh, well, go get it. Yeah. I don't care what you go get it. You got all week. The most important thing is his dollar. So don't be telling me you forgot. Yeah. So and you know the boys, we're gonna stretch every truth we can to keep from doing anything. Uh, yeah. But hey, hey, that's Ripper, what's going on. Ripper, I, I I hate to bring yes. it, I hate to bring it back around to this after we just talked about uh, Matt, and I want to and before we leave, I want to give Matt's information again for his GoFundMe, but. Um, it, it seemed like I just brought Jim Cornette up, and and Jimmy is really, and I think you might be kind of uh, in the same in the same camp as Jimmy on this, man. Uh, like, okay, I'm just gonna bring up Joey Ryan and the and the U porn plex. Uh, how are you on that compared to where Jimmy is? Well, I'm not as vocal about it, okay, right. but. Uh, I know there's all flavors of ice cream, as Dr. Tom would say, right? Right on. But it's, to me, it's, uh, and I know it's 2017, but I was broke in, I started in the 70s. Yeah. And I still, I still act like it's real. I still think it's real. Anything that doesn't look crisp or whatever I don't. I don't like it. Even though I can be wrong, I'm still. We all got belly buttons I, and buttholes. I don't think it's so, a right or wrong thing. I think this is an opinion thing, and you're in t- and yours right. is as valid as anyone else. So go ahead. I'm sorry. Right. No, but but I but I can't do the dick spot. No. Right. I can't do the the, the little. That's not a cuss word now. No, it's the, okay. The the, the the penis spot. I I can't do the uh, the blow up dolls. I can't right. do the working with a little girl or anything like that. I just can't do it. And I know since it's come out, the wrestling is not real. I shouldn't get upset about it. And they're probably right. But in my, but in my heart, I, I, I just, I just can't do it. You that's, know what I mean? Yeah, man. Uh, that's it. That's a totally... like Eddie, Eddie Graham would have a comedy match on. Right. But it was never, but because what it was, then there's your comedy relief. Okay. Now we get back to real wrestling. Sure. Okay, we, we had we had some dessert. Now we're going back to baked uh, uh, potatoes. Or something gotcha. Like that. Hey, Ripper, man, that's a re that's a totally reasonable uh, way of putting it. Jimmy goes so crazy over it, and I feel bad, like because he goes so he sells it so much, people start trolling him over it. You know. Well, you know, Jimmy, he'll have a heart attack over a. Uh, a, a yellow light turning red, or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? That, that, that's just Jimmy, and he'll he'll take a baseball bat and start beating something, whatever. Blah blah blah. Yeah. I, I think it was you know being an only child, you know, <laughs> a little temper tantrum, right. and he'll go from uh, he'll go from zero to hundred miles an hour in two seconds. Yeah. And all of a sudden he's he's purple. He's you know ready to have a heart attack or whatever. And I was just laid back my whole life. Yeah, and and that's and that's just and, you know it's just, it's just different personalities, and uh, everything's sort of a rip with me. And since I got the wrestling business, I take nothing serious. You know, I said, "Oh, this is what happened. Oh, it's a rip." And yeah. you could and you uh, and everything in life is 
is like you say, oh, no, he's just playing the heel. He's the baby face. Well, they're just selling late for the comeback and whatever. Oh, they're shooting this angle over there at the grocery store. No big deal. You know? Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> I mean, once you get in the wrestling business, uh, the, the real world is different. I remember moving back to Seymour and I couldn't talk to nobody because everybody was a mark. <laughs> Gotcha. <laughs> so, who are some current young guys, whether it's in the WWE or not, that impress you? What's that, honey? Who are some guys, either in the WWE or outside the WWE, that impress you? Well, I don't watch TV wrestling, hon. <laughs> I haven't since basically 2002 or three. I will see something on the internet, or I mean my phone, where somebody will send me something for this or that. But... I don't watch WWE, TNA, or I don't watch none of that stuff. It's just somebody will see, or I'll see something on my phone, and that's it. Because I, to make sure I don't get, I, I get mad when I see bad fundamentals, or I get mad when I see what I call stupid stuff done. Yeah. And to not get upset, that's simple. I don't watch it. So I can't ever get mad. What's- and I don't really have a lot of opinions on stuff because. I, I don't see stuff unless I've seen something on my phone that somebody sent me or, or something's really out there. So, but Ripper, you, you go and you do seminars. Like, you, like I know you've been to the Monster Factory several times, and you do, like, two-day seminars. These aren't just, you know, come in, you know, talk to the guys for a couple hours and take their money. These are, like, like you know, camps. And uh, and so, like, I know you had to have seen like some guys that uh, that 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 have caught in your eyes in, in some of these camps uh, or, or seminars that you've done. Some of the well, independent guys. Well, it, 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 it's like this, Sean. I'd say wrestling's not real if you have average athletic ability, IQ, and hand-eye coordination. You can get this because any five-year-old can do the gymnastic stuff. So it's really not that hard. Right. And then, then I see guys, I'm saying, guys, I don't set the standard for this, but if you want to work for WWE and that's the, and that's the, the leading company there is, the boss there pretty much wants you. You could be the world's greatest wrestler, but if you look like Arnold Schwarzenegger and is the world's greatest wrestler, you'll probably get a job but because yeah. that's his preference. So if I'm working for the guy that runs the old McDonald's, Ray Kroc, years ago, I know what he wants, and I and I cater to that. So uh, it, work out, look the best you can, because you know that's what the boss looks. Because when we go out to a girly place, it's uh, TNA. We're not doing a, uh, a heavy girl comedy contest, but we're looking to what appeals to us as males and no good men. Right. So, but all the guys when I have seminars, uh, usually it's when they want to, they want to hear stories. So yep, uh, they'll yeah. ask me questions, and I can tell stories all day. So it'll make any difference. But uh, I don't really try and teach them a whole lot of stuff. I'll say, okay, do a high spot. They'll do a high spot, a simple high spot, no matter what it is. I said, okay, now what if you do this, 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 and this? I think it'll be a whole lot better for you. It'll make the, uh, uh, the spacing will better, the timing will be better, uh, everything will be better. So we'll just practice it, practice it, and then everybody else is watching and listening, 
So I, and then I'll, I'll usually, a lot of times I'll get, uh, I'll have a lot of times I'll have uh, uh, Damian Adams will come up, and he's got a school in New Jersey, and his and one of his students, Donna uh, Barosa, she would they would work an hour, and guys would see that with no prearranged BS. And then I had her work one with Mike Mondo up at his school in New York uh, a couple of years ago. And to do, and when guys see that, it's just, it's mind boggling to them because they can't have a three, four minute match without lining up their spots, doing this, doing that. And I got guys in my, in my class doing two hour matches now called on the fly with no prep and making sense. Yeah. And all it is, it's nothing, nothing that I invented. It's just the old guys helping me out, and they te- and they taught me how to piece everything together in storytelling, which is what in the old days we learned storytelling. But when I started, I didn't know storytelling. Ten years in, I didn't know st- storytelling. Fifteen years in, I probably didn't know that much storytelling. But all of a sudden, I got into the coaching phase, and yeah. I really put my head into this. Before, I was just asked to be a, com- a performer, get in, get out, don't get it get hurt don't hurt anybody uh do your time and that's all I, and that's all i wanted to do i was just one of the boys wanted to have a good time wanted to see the world and uh make a little jingle and uh and just live the dream baby yeah hey, but, I, but, I, but speaking of jingle the, the reason why i asked you about uh, your all japan tour because wally yamaguchi said that no one no gaijin ever ever came on on a six-week tour or whatever it was and spent as little b- amount of money as you did rip <laughs> well you know i brought my i bought my own noodles with me and yes. a can of tuna, right yeah and he, and, he, he actually and, said that you would buy you would order some hot water and then pull out a bouillon cube and put it in the water <laughs> uh, I, I i think i think they're exaggerating probably <laughs> Yeah, it, it sounds good, though. It does. <laughs> well, before we let you go, you've had such an impact on so many wrestlers' career. Yes. Do you see yourself in the Hall of Fame, and who would you want to introduct you into the Hall of Fame? Uh, no. Uh, no, you don't see yourself going in the I, Hall of Fame? No. I, I, I am nothing compared to these guys who go into this Hall of Fame. I'm just, uh, I'm just a guy. I'm a fan that loves pro wrestling, loves everything it used to stand for, and I still think it it still stands for that. I never got in it for the money. I just wanted to, like, play Major League Baseball, and if I was second-string catcher, second-string right fielder, utility man, pinch hitter, pinch runner, defensive replacement at first base, I just wanted to be a part of it because I just love the business. And whether it was 30,000 people there or 52, I never gave less than my best effort or tried to shortchange anybody. And I, and I just, and I just, just love this wrestling business. And, uh, and that's it. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. And hey, also, if you want to see Rip Rogers in a music video, he's in John, <laughs> John, Cru- John Mellencamp's. Mellencamp. Yes. <laughs> that's right. You went to high school with John Mellencamp. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was two years older, and we was on the uh, we was on the football team together, and uh, uh, he's on the front row there. I don't think he ever got in the game, but he was he had his cigarettes rolled up in his uh, shirt sleeve then. But yeah. uh, he was uh, he was he was quite the character even back then. 
And that wasn't it. You and wasn't one of your proteges? Was his name Scott Sandlin or something? You guys were in the video together, posing like on standing on a stump or something, bodybuilding. Well, pose. that was that. That, that was me. Uh, uh, in uh, in Human Wheels video. Yeah. But uh, Lucky, yeah, Lucky was a guy that I trained him and Rod Steele. I trained him on the on the floor at six in the morning at the gym on the cement, and I didn't smarten them up. I just told them how to. Uh, keep from hurting each other i had them chaining loosely and then all of a sudden they had their first match in uh somerset kentucky they said oh now the way i showed you guys to do it do it that way and they went 20 minutes their first match mm-hmm. <laughs> against each other and it was uh, and they made it nice. so anyway rip hey man we're coming up to the end of the show i just want to thank you man for uh for taking the time to come on today uh you know, to talk about uh, different things, and then talk about uh, about Matt and and the benefit show this week, man. And uh, hopefully, I get to see you. I haven't seen you in many, many years. Uh, no, I guess I guess you know, I guess the years do slip by. Yeah, they do. I'll, you know, but uh, if you can, if you got a minute, call me when you're done with this radio because there's something that I think you might be interested in. Cool. Yeah, I definitely will. And, like uh, a like a, a a guest for your show. Oh, you know awesome! I mean? Yeah, for nice. sure. And Rip, okay. hey, before before uh, before we let you go though, uh, plug plug whatever uh, you have coming up. Plug your seminars, uh, your social media, all that, so we can get all that out there to everyone. Okay. Well, I'm on uh, uh, Twitter at hustler two seven five four. Ladies and gentlemen, that's hustler two seven five four. That's my birthday. <laughs> two seven fifty four. Let's see, I just come back from Odessa, Texas in a seminar, and I'm going over to uh, England for Andy Baker, the first uh, six, seven. Uh, it's my third time over there for him uh, in Runcorn, uh, England. And then I'll go uh, to Damien Adams School again uh, later on in October. And then I'll be going out to my friend, Buddy Wayne, who passed away. He's got the yeah. school out in Everett, Washington. And I'm going and I'm going to go in and see all his guys to do at his dojo in uh, in the first week of November. So uh, that's the ones I got coming up. And uh, you got Hustler two seven five four, and it don't get any better than that. Uh, also, thanks for having me on here, guys. I was just going to say, yeah, I was just going to say, Ripper, you can't you can't neglect to mention your pro wrestling tea store and those cool ass Rip uh, Hustler shirts. Yeah, did they ever pay you well, for the shirts? Well, I haven't seen nothing in a long time. <laughs> Have you sold any in a long time? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, well, I know guys will come in the in, uh, in class with them on and stuff. They're bootlegging them. It, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah, they're, yeah, they're they're such a hot item. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you were hot in TV in '79, so yeah, okay, it's a hot item thing. Uh, like legendary lightning kid, you know. Yes, sir. <laughs> get them, get them while they're hot, baby. <laughs> Hey, Ripper, thank you, man. I appreciate you coming on. All right. Thanks for having me on, guys. You guys have a good one. You too, man. Thanks, Rip. Bye-bye. Rip Rogers, everybody. Yeah. Cool. So once again, that's uh, Ohio Valley Wrestling, September 23rd at the Davis Arena at 7 o'clock. It's the Matt Capitelli Benefit Show. His GoFundMe is Matt's Biggest Battle. Use the hashtag Team Cap. And, yeah, just help send your money. Team help. Cap with one P? No, two Ps. Two Ps. Yeah, okay, I want to make sure everyone yeah. gets that correctly. Capitelli. Yeah. Hey, you know, everyone, uh, you know, please, if you can, you know, I don't like to ask people to 
part with their money for for many things. So, uh, but this is a really, really good cause, man. If, like, like I said, five dollars, anything, you know, if you guys can help Matt out. So, uh, what else? What else we got here before we let, let everyone go? Well, before we let you go, I just want to really thank uh, Derek at Wrestling Guy Fifty Four. Yes. He sent in his silhouette. Oh, yeah, I saw that fan art that Sweet. he did. It looked awesome. So next week we'll pick a winner. So you guys have one more week to send in your silhouettes of X Pac. Use the hashtag X Pac One Two Three Sixty, and you'll win those PWG Bola cards and maybe some extra little fun stuff we'll send to you. Nice. So cool. What else, everyone? That's it. Denise. Oh yes. Oh, do I mean just social media? Oh, that's <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, I'm not going to mess up this week. Anyways, but you guys can find me on Instagram and on Twitter at underscore Denise Salcedo. Follow me on Twitter at Jimbo in the Booth. Follow me on Twitter at Cinematel. Check out Wispanics.com. Aparks.com slash pro wrestling. We released a new episode of McMansplaining today uh, with uh, the one and only Kevin Condren with yeah. Spandex Podcast. It's an amazing conversation about the state of independent wrestling. A lot of uh, fun stuff going on and some really inappropriate jokes that we made. Cool. Yeah. Always glad to hear it. Smiling so high about that. Uh, Twitter, the real uh, the real XPOC on Facebook, XPOC12360. Don't forget to sign up for the newsletter on Facebook. Also, IG, XPOC12360. Um, iTunes, leave five stars. Nothing else. We don't want any of that. Uh, comments on YouTube. We're reading all of them, so keep those coming. Uh, Celeb VM. Um, you can go to celebvm.com slash Sean Waltman so you can get customized, personalized, and unique video messages from Sean. Thank you. And then also Pro Wrestling Tees slash Sean Waltman to get all those cool shirts. I think you got new shirts recently, right? I think so. Some yeah, I'm almost 100% positive of it. <laughs> so go, go on there. And then also a lot of stuff has been happening, natural disasters. So you can go to redcross.org slash disaster relief. Uh, for everything that's happening in the Caribbean, the U.S., Mexico, etc. And also, you can go to GoFundMe.com slash Matt's Biggest Battle. Definitely donate some money there. And my name is TK Trinette. You can find me on everything at TK Trinette. All right. We'll see you all right here next week on X-Pac 1, 2, 3, 60. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, Sean Waltman, producers Jimbo Frank and TK Trinidad, managing producer of AfterBuzz TV Wrestling Mark Donica, and the entire X-Pac 12360 staff, we would like to thank you for tuning in. Like us on Facebook, rate and comment on iTunes and YouTube, follow X-Pac on Twitter at TheRealXPac, and email us at xpac12360show at gmail.com. This has been a presentation of the AfterBuzz TV Network. Buzz you later!